Well, Lord, it seems like uh, coming to church on Easter is, is a pretty big deal, a big crowd, lots of flowers, great music. And, Lord, we don't want that to overshadow the main reason we're here, and that's to hear from you, to experience you, to respond to you. And so, Lord, we're asking that you will let the power and presence of your Holy Spirit fall upon us now. Move among us, move within us, and let us know before we leave here today that we have been touched by you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> a little over 10 years ago, there was a family sitting in a pew uh, here at Faith Westwood, and they were considering a call from God to be missionaries. Jay Mundy had recently retired as, uh, from the Air Force, and so um, they kind of made the move. Jay and Susan and their three children, they packed up, they, they left Omaha, and they moved to Africa. Uh, Jay served as a missionary pilot there for 10 years, flying into Uganda and Kenya and southern Sudan and other nations in that region. And sometimes I th think we wonder, why? Why would they do that? Why would they leave their home, their life here, and go to another continent and cross all those borders? What would compel them to make such a sacrifice? And for that matter, what would compel people here to give deeply to support them over those 10 years? I want you to know that, that Faith Westwood has teamed up with 38 other churches of many stripes across the metro, and we're bringing a unified message to our city called Love Can. And this morning, it's about how love can cross borders. And you know, sometimes those borders that we cross are close to home. Abide is a local nonprofit organization with the dream that one day there will be no inner city in Omaha. Isn't that an audacious dream? That there would be no inner city. Uh, about 20 churches, again of various denominations, have teamed up as Abide partners. We joined just last year. And Abide's motto is better together. I like that. Better together. Um, it, it means that, you know, as individual churches, we can go into North Omaha and do our little part and serve, but not a lot significant is going to happen. But if we kind of put aside our pride and try to put aside trying to create our own little niche and kingdom, and if we work together, a lot more is going to happen. Like all Abide Churches, Faith Westwood has adopted a little neighborhood in North Omaha. Our neighborhood that we were assigned is two city blocks long, both sides of the street, and uh, with the leadership of our lighthouse couple that live in that neighborhood, a young couple named Jacob and Mary, every, just about every month we have an opportunity to go and serve in, the, in that neighborhood. Um, I want you to also know that on Saturday, May 6th, uh, we're going we're gonna to need a team of people. And maybe some of you will want to be a part of that uh, as we're going to go down and, and join with the neighbors who live in that neighborhood 
and do some outdoor spring cleanup. And it's going to be a fun morning, uh, but also we know that it's not mostly about the work, right? It's about relationships. It's about building relationships. It's about what love can do. I remember back in August, um, I was uh, with several of you, and we went down to that neighborhood one morning. And uh, we were, again, we were led by our, our lighthouse uh, host couple. And uh, we went door to door knocking, and we, we brought plates of cookies. And we uh, gave them an invitation to a church in their neighborhood. And then we, uh, you know, visited a little bit, and we offered, is there anything that we can pray for you about? Anything. And, you know, not everybody did, but, but a, a number of them did. And uh, said they had things that we could pray for, and so we did, right there on their doorstep. We prayed for them. And, you know, I got to thinking about that experience. How often does a middle-class, white, privileged, self-absorbed, sheltered, suburbanite like me get the opportunity to bless people in North Omaha? But what a cool thing. Now, some people say, well, isn't that kind of risky going to North Omaha? And I say, you know, it's not as bad as you think. It's not quite like you, you think when you watch the 10 o'clock news. And besides that, that's what love does. Love crosses borders. You know, I think that's what Jesus did. The Bible says Jesus did not cling to his equality with God. He humbled himself. He entered our humanity. He crossed the border into death to save us. He crossed the border into resurrection to give us life. In that uh, scripture that uh, we heard just a little bit ago, that Becky read for us uh, from Ephesians 2, it says that you and I find ourselves on the wrong side of the border between life and death. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. All of us also lived among them uh, at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. As for who? As for you and me. We're on the wrong side of the border. We're, we're, we're like the walking dead, living in rebellion against God, slaves to our cravings and selfish desires. You know what it reminds me of? You know, and how in parts of the world, children are forced to become child soldiers. And I know a lot of you have read about this, you've heard about it. Um, kids are abducted from villages, or they're even sometimes traded by their parents who are desperate for food and protection. Or these kids are promised, hey, come with us and you can go to school. But the school they go to brainwashes them and kids are turned into killers. Many of these kids, they can't even read and yet they're handed AK-47s and M-16s and they're taught to assemble them and load them and shoot them. And they become loyal to their captors and then uh, they in turn capture other children and turn them into child soldiers. And the only way 
to rescue these kids is to go get them. To get them out of there. Bring them to a place where they can be kids again. And where they can be loved. And where they can be healed by that love. And in the same way, you and I have been brainwashed into rebellion against God. Doing it our way, God. We, we, we're enslaved to our cravings and our selfish desires. But Jesus launched God's rescue mission to save us. He crossed the border to bring us home, to heal us with love. I want you to feast your ears on these words. And as we, as we read this scripture, verses 4 and 5 of Ephesians 2, I, I'm going to ask you to shout out the words in red. Will you do that? Here we go. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead. in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. We are spiritually dead until God makes us alive in Christ. And some of you go, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I'm spiritually dead. I don't feel spiritually dead. Are you sure about that? Why would, we, why would we be spiritually dead? It's because of this broken, messed up world we live in. And it's because we've exchanged God's truth for the world's lies. And it's because broken people have wounded us and damaged us deeply. And it's because of our own wrongful choices. Notice how this verse begins as you see it up here on the screen what's the first word but have you ever known how beautiful a word that could be but because of God's great love for us he doesn't leave us dead in our transgressions but because of God's great love for us we are made alive I want to share with you a four-minute video um, where a woman named Liz here from Omaha shares her story about how she was broken and how love is healing her. Let's watch. I was so ashamed of myself that I felt like people didn't want me around and I felt like God didn't want me around and that I was worthless and that I was completely hopeless that I was a hopeless cause. My name is Liz Hunt. I was raised in a small town many hours from Omaha. I um, was in a family of six. There was four kids, two boys and two girls. I had very godly parents. My parents really loved Jesus. My dad taught me a lot about who Jesus is. I asked Jesus into my heart when I was five years old. As I grew older, I began to realize that the church we attended was abusive and controlling. They used fear of falling out of favor with God, the fear of God not loving us or God not wanting us. They used that fear to control us. And it wasn't just me, it was 
lots of people. There's physical abuse and sexual abuse and mental abuse and, and spiritual abuse and emotional abuse, like every kind of abuse that you could think of. I've been through it there. Because of the abuse and the control, everything about God to me was control and his love, if you can call it that, was conditional. They started a church school at the church. My senior year, I um, had done something that went against the rules of the leadership. To them, it was almost a death sentence. And I was forced to go through a series of public humiliations. They would bring me in front of groups and um, they would talk about my sins in front of this group of people, in front of my peers, in front of my family. It was because of this that I was so wholly oppressed, I just didn't know if I could do it anymore. And I remember one night I walked down to my kitchen and I opened the knife drawer and I remember standing there staring at those knives thinking about what I was gonna do next. All I could do was think about my little brother and my little sister, who I would be leaving in such a horrible place, unprotected. Not long after that, my sister walks in the room. And looking back now, I know that that was the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that he saved me in that moment. I decided to not attend the church's discipleship program that I was at and go to one that was up here in Omaha. From then on, <laughs> things just got better and better. Um, I remember another time I went to visit a friend at a coffee shop here in Omaha after I'd moved here. And um, I just kind of told her my story, told her a little bit about what had happened and what had been going on in my life. and. I'm sure she could tell that I felt guilty and very shameful. I'm sure it was very evident. And one of the things that she said to me that I remember to this day is that God is not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. And I remember standing there in the coffee shop, <laughs> like ready to bawl my eyes out because no one had ever said that to me before. No one had ever shared with me that Jesus. I'd never heard about a Jesus who loved without conditions. I'd never heard about a Jesus who loved you as you were, you know. And so, as time went on, uh, God just continued to heal things in my life. Every day I started to learn a little bit more about who Jesus truly is and not who I ever thought he was before. Some of the things that I discovered about Jesus through that time is that, you know, when I came out of the place that I came from, who I was was completely erased. I used to be this completely fragmented, full of shame person, and, <laughs> and that's not who I am anymore. And it's because Jesus gave me a totally new identity. He made me completely new. 
I'm a living testimony that God's love can unbind you, that it can rip apart your bondage, that it can bring freedom from your shame and guilt, that it can heal anything, that God's love is everything. What he did for us on the cross and then defeating death, that covers it all. And that's the power of his love. I never would have come out of the place that I've come out of if it weren't for the love of Jesus. And I just had to accept it and believe it, and that's it. All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say, I trust you, Jesus. I believe in you. That's it. His grace covers you now. Everything is covered. Do you, do you resonate with Liz's story in some way? Do you find yourself hoping for what she has found? You are the reason God sent His Son to cross the border into our world. Jesus has come for you to rescue you from your slavery, to, to your selfish cravings and desires. He wants to heal you. He's ready to heal you and make you fully alive because that's what love can do. I'm going to ask our ushers now if they'll come down uh, and help me distribute uh, some cards that we have prepared. I'm calling them take-home cards because I'm hoping you'll take them home. Um, the uh, ushers will hand a stack down every row and uh, just take one, pass them down. There probably will be some left over at the end so you can just stash them there at the end of the pew uh, if there are leftovers. And you're going to need a pen or a pencil too so there are a few pens in the... Uh, yeah, come on down. Um, and uh, uh, so you'll need a pen or pencil you might find some in the pew racks or maybe you've got one share if you need to uh, and then I'm going to ask you when you get your card to turn it to the side where it says love can cross borders you'll see the date above that and then that title and then below that there are four boxes representing four responses that you could make today and so uh, I know some of you are just still kind of getting them and, and handing them down, but uh, yeah, don't, don't bother counting them out. Just, just hand a stack down each row and... Okay. All right, I see those cards being passed down the pews. That's, that's, that's good. Now I want to walk through these with you a little bit. These are... Four responses that you could make today to God. Uh, the first one is cultivating curiosity. You know, curiosity is like a seed. It can either be planted or left on the shelf. Curiosity is cultivated when you have a conversation with someone about spiritual matters or experiment with prayer. It can be as simple as pondering your purpose in life and wondering if Jesus has a place in it. And below that, you'll see considering change. Considering change is imagining what 
imagining that you could believe and behave differently. The possibility of a complete reorientation of life through Jesus is now seriously entertained. So you weigh the pros and the cons. And, and another is checking it out. Checking it out. It happens when you say, okay, I'm going to worship and serve with the church or read the Bible or join a small group. You, you dig for answers. You search for what is real and true. You spend increased time with Christ followers you respect. You know, I was thinking about these, these responses. These are things you don't do just once in your life. They are things that we come back and revisit. And, and so we're always cultivating curiosity and considering change and checking things out. And then crossing the border. Crossing the border means asking Jesus to meet you at the spiritual death of your brokenness and raise you to, to life with Him. It means putting your faith in Him and putting your life in His hands. And it all begins with God's great love for you. In the movie The Shack, God says, I'm especially fond of you. Isn't that great? God says, I'm especially fond of you. Anyway, today, I'm going to ask you to as we pray, to mark your response on the card, any or, or all your responses, however it is. And so I invite you to pray with me now. We start by praying with those who are curious. Thank you, Lord, for helping me find my way here today. Despite my caution and my skepticism, I want to plant that seed of curiosity you've given me and, and feed it and water it and see what springs up. Help me to, to ponder and pray and wonder. We pray with those who are considering change. Jesus, don't let the distractions of my life overtake me as they sometimes do. Help me to, to visibly imagine what my life could be when it's centered around you. Give me hope for the change that only you can bring. We pray with those who are ready to check it out. Jesus, I'm eager to learn. Help me to not give up on my search. As I spend time with people who know you, show to me, reveal to me what is real and right and true. And then give me the courage to follow. And finally, we pray with those who are ready to cross the border. Lord Jesus, I have come to see that my life is broken. I've been a slave to my cravings and my selfish desires. And I have come to believe that your love can heal me. Thank you for crossing the border to rescue me, forgive me, and set me free. 
And all God's people said, Amen.